Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. I was going to do this some time ago, but I'm going to go ahead and read you what I call to be the Cyber Sambo Report. The Cyber Sambo Report is going to define and differentiate the paid, the pathetic, and the shameless. To all free black people and citizens of the place we call the United States of America on planet Earth. It is April 26th in the year of our Lord 2023. At this critical juncture we are in, black Americans are in the most vulnerable position we have ever been in since the 1900s. And that's a major problem. And this report I write will be honest, informative, and brutal. But some things are just going to have to be said. And I'm totally disregarding people's emotions and feelings to speak some harsh truths and some frank truths. This is not just about technology. This is about survival. The same energy used to prosecute black men, women, and so-called black gangs should should be used to prosecute race soldier gangs. Ex-FBI member Mike German said that the laws are already set to charge race soldiers with crimes and that both military and law enforcement has tons of white supremacists in uniform. We do not need any more laws created for domestic terrorists such as the Buffalo Killer or any other other, other Dylan Roofs. The issue is not a damn AR-15. Now what happened during Prohibition? When liquor was banned, Did it sell more or did it sell less? The weapon is a scapegoat. It's easy to get any fully automatic weapon. I could go over to North Minneapolis today and easily get any machine gun for a few grand. You might find one somewhere in a box, all wrapped up and ready to go. And it's very interesting that there are some non-white people who can easily get fully automatic weapons on the street and not commit mass shootings. But a white person can get a semi-automatic weapon to kill dozens of people. Black people are not walking around writing manifestos and committing massacres on a regular basis. The issue is the FBI and other organizations are not taking it seriously. But I could be wrong, so I will let a white ex-FBI agent tell it. Ex-FBI agent Mike German stated, quote, U.S. law enforcement is failing as it long has to provide victimized communities like buffaloes with equal protection under the law. They are not actually investigating the crimes that occur, said German, a fellow with the Brennan Center at NYU School of Law. He also said the white supremacists kill far more Americans than anybody else the FBI designates as domestic terrorists, yet the Bureau still doesn't document the crimes and fatalities that occur. Now, they don't document for a reason. It's not that they do not have the power nor ability. Your congressional black con men have yet to put forth a measure, and these folks have had this information for decades. That's including the Trump and Obama administration. The Black Caucus does not use the words nor vocabulary of empowerment for our interests. Now what this does is this put, it puts young blacks in danger, direct danger. Some say it will cost them their jobs or lives, but guess what? 
when you signed up as commander in chief or a politician, you swore your life and hand on a holy book and vowed, be it life or death, that you would serve the people. If you believe in God, you should fear no man but God. So when you go into office and say you're the black caucus, this means something. I don't want to hear any excuses. Integrity means no excuses. This means the youth can and will not accept scared nigga plantation talk. It's too many Negroes making excuses for why Obama and the black caucus couldn't do anything for blacks. Yet when it comes to illegal immigrants, the LGBT, Ukraine and minorities, they give them tons of laws and benefits. In Skid Row, it's about a hundred, it's hundreds of homeless black folks. And California is talking about making illegals police officers. Now, we could either face the facts or continue to make excuses. They have sworn an oath and have broken it while violating the Constitution, refusing to uphold the 1866 Indian Treaties, the Dawes Act, Special Order Number 15, and all of the Civil Rights Act that was created solely and explicitly for black folk. For this, I will never forgive them unless they do the right thing. And I have strong doubt that they will. Now, this article, which German, I'll continue talking about some of the things that he had quoted. The article stated, when I was going undercover in the 1990s, I was warned about sympathy towards white supremacy among officers. That was raised as a hazard for my undercover operation. In 2006, the FBI drew up an internal intelligence assessment that found the white supremacist presence among law enforcement personnel is a concern. It said that organized groups were infiltrating law enforcement agencies while individuals sympathetic to white supremacist causes were also joining the ranks. Now that was 16 years ago. To this day, there has been no national effort to root out the infection. You heard the word he said, infection. He also said if there had been an internal FBI report that ISIS had infiltrated U.S. law enforcement, you'd expect a nationwide attempt to get to the bottom of it, German said. Mike German also testified to the Committee on the Judiciary in examining the metastasizing domestic terrorism threat after the Buffalo attack document. And it quotes this. This evidence suggests violent white supremacists are not always lone wolves as they are habitually characterized by law enforcement and the media. They often collaborate with like-minded individuals, learn from studying previous attacks, and seek to inspire others by issuing public statements paying homage to one other as martyrs to the cause. When I was working undercover in the white supremacist movement, its leaders instructed us to employ what they call lone wolf tactics when committing criminal acts as part of a broader leaderless resistance strategy. So when I talk about the race soldiers have a leaderless code, they have a leaderless code. The strategy directed individuals or small cells to separate themselves from any large white supremacist groups before committing an attack to prevent the government from lodging conspiracy charges that could destabilize a larger movement. Individuals or small cells that properly utilize a strategy can make it impossible for law enforcement to prosecute a broader conspiracy relative to any particular criminal act. But that doesn't mean the law enforcement can't learn important details from these investigations that will be useful to anticipate the next attack. So as I said before, when you hear politicians talk guns, they are avoiding punishing the race soldier. Just so happened the other day in my last podcast, you had some guys down there in Tennessee that I suspect to be agents. 
they haven't mentioned anything about race soldiers. They keep talking about guns, guns, guns. So people could strip us of our weapons. They do not mention using the domestic terror laws on these guys. They would rather put the gun on trial as if the gun drove down the Buffalo itself. None of the black politicians have quoted Mike German's report to this date. The question is why they refuse to put a Rico on the proud boys. They refuse to put a Rico on the people who committed sedition against the United States when storming the Capitol. Jim Crow Joe's Department of Justice dropped the Emmett Till case, tried to cut the murderers of Armand Arbery's killer some slack when Arbery's mother called the DOJ out and they will not pass any anti-black racism crime bills. The Democrats have the House, they have the Senate, the White House and the DOJ and they have the power to make an executive order to charge, arrest, and send all those people who stormed the Capitol to jail. According to laws on terrorism, they should all be sitting their ass in Guantanamo Bay without bail. And these guys are getting slaps on the wrist. This is Biden's administration allowing this. They are not powerless. Now, what does this have to do with information technology? A lot. 4chan is based online. There is no cybersecurity effort to find these people and tie them to a RICO. Many of them that stormed the Capitol were business owners, doctors, police, and firefighters. Regular people, not your so-called grand wizard or imperial wizard. Many of them have admitted to doing it and would happily do it again. This forces black folks to investigate and produce our own justice. On June 16th, Crime Koala took the lead to give a task force to the LGBT. There has been no online task force to target ambush lynchings on blacks by race soldiers who plan to commit murders on blacks. Black folks, are you still supporting this woman? And if so, why? This goes to show they have full capability to investigate harassment and crimes online, but just not for blacks. Now, the Buffalo killer had prior communication with an ex-FBI member, which means that their race soldiers have inside details on how to commit crimes and get away with the murders. This also means, and to quote Mr. German, that law enforcement not only turns a blind eye, but reports the murders of blacks. The murders of these black folk in Buffalo was live streamed. There has been no cybersecurity investigation on the people watching the stream who share the same views as the Buffalo killer. There has also been a concerted effort to block the speech or sharing of the manifesto on social media to prevent other blacks from comparing notes. The manifesto was 100 pages long with 30 pages plus on body armor, therefore signifying that he was not alone with obtaining and altering this information. This raises more suspicions that the Buffalo white supremacist has been groomed by ex-military or militia. Black people were massacred in Buffalo, New York, and the Biden administration invited a K-pop group to talk about anti-Asian hate. VP Kuala said she wouldn't do anything just for black folks, but she welcomes $2 billion to invest in Central America. The black citizens of rural South Carolina are suffering through property, air, lands, rights scams, and education, and Harris wants to talk about collard greens. More plantation Negro talk. When White House Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about reparations, she frowned and did a butter biscuit eye buck as if her Sambo chip had a malfunction. When the K-pop group came into the office, she was skinning and grinning. I was ashamed. I've never seen a black person get that offended by a reparations question besides fish fry Clyburn. What does that tell you? I tell you, Jordan Peele sure did an excellent job on breaking down tethers. At this point, 
any black person supporting these people are either insane or don't give a damn about our children. They just want to vote and die painlessly, not me. The people we have voted in office has shown blatant disregard for the descendants of the slaves in plain, open, and unapologetic view. That is disdain and contempt for those who built this country without compensation. There has been more black people killed under and massacred in the Obama and Biden administration than the last one. There has been more militarized police presence under the Biden administration than under Trump, under Trump according to Black Lives Matter. The new executive order that Biden has, that, ha, that he has, uh, the one that he had George Floyd's daughter sign was a tragedy and it was rancid. Having that little girl sign that executive order almost made me vomit. And shame on those Negroes standing around grinning while bucking their eyes. It gives more money to police. This was just a Blue Lives Matter law. Nothing on that executive order details the punishment that officers should receive for lynching Mr. Floyd or the next Floyd. Nor does it have any provisioning on putting blacks in a protected class. Why? Everyone got the memo and everyone received information from the FBI. Why wasn't this report on the Black Caucus website? There was no mention of this on there nowhere. Reason me to bring this topic up. We are going to see an incredible amount of propaganda against black men for deciding to tell politicians to kiss our asses unless we get something for our vote. Something specific. The shaming will likely come from the non-intellectual class of bootlick bought and paid for Negroes that are brought out for shaming tactics. This is the cyber sambo's job who will likely be a little long, little younger than your typical old pork chop pastors that made wiretap deals with the mafia. This boils down to the suspected plantation operative using Twitter and other spaces in which the algorithms are kicked into high gear. The common push and cowardly narrative you will be told is, let's have a conversation, pray and ban guns. You will not hear anything about direct and specific punishment for the person who committed the crime. Nothing wrong with prayer and act with action, but let's not just save that for black people and tell us to go have a fish dinner and be happy. It is not the foundational black American's job to be the human Negro sacrificial lamb. Take the moral poverty high road and be abused so that we receive hell when everyone else gets heaven. No, that doesn't work anymore. Foundational black Americans have done enough for this country. We have done enough for everyone else to reap the benefits. Now, if it's a rapper in ATL, they got plenty of smoke for them. Tons of evidence and police work. You will never hear the cyber symbols make a distinction about that. And if they do, gender, people of color, religion, gun control, etc. will all be brought into the convo to water it down. If this was a white man with a samurai sword, it will be talking about banning swords, not punishing the racist. The next thing they will say when you call them out on their Twitter platform will be forgiveness. They never ask Hispanics or whites about forgiveness. It is disrespectful and distasteful to ask a mother or father to forgive anyone that killed their child and the mallet has not dropped. They have been in the habit of asking the older generation about forgiveness on camera. The media uses this footage to paint an image of blacks not wanting true justice. This paints another target on our backs as a sign of weakness and few defenses. Older black people are putting us in grave danger when they agree with this narrative because when the newscaster asks about forgiveness, they mean, do you let the race soldier who killed these people off the hook? They are really asking you to sweep it under the bus and let bygones be bygones. Now, when the family impact statement occurs, you will have the same rhetoric. This is lethal for young black people because now during sentencing, the defense attorney could say, 
Look at all these forgiving Negroes. See, this is all about forgiveness. We can't give little Rittenhouse a life sentence. He's troubled, afraid. That's not forgiveness. He is young. He made a mistake. He's just a young kid. There were also talks about this in the Armand Arbery case. This occurred in the Botham John case. Botham was eating ice cream and some cops came in and killed him. Amber Geiger tried to say she didn't know what was his apartment. Botham John's family went up, hugged the killer. The judge hugged the killer. The father said he wanted to be the cop's friend and the jury said they wouldn't give Amber 20 years. No black person that's sane would think this is appropriate. The cops didn't get 20 years because of the family. An investigation occurred that Amber Geiger had a history of dealing with other cops who said they wanted to kill black people. The family didn't want her to do hard time. This was inappropriate behavior. These black folks were immigrants and they had no dog in our fight. They had no interest in the group of American blacks. They didn't give a damn about what happens to black folks in Dallas, Texas. Proof? Well, a scholarship for the foundational blacks that lost their jobs and possibly their lives to fight for both of them? No, solely for Caribbean blacks. This is off cold behavior. Botham was from St. Lucia. Now this scholarship was given preference to students from the Caribbean. Quote, there were a lot of people in St. Lucia that wanted to come to the US. There's people that wanted to come to Harding because they would hear him talk about what he did and what he learned. Harding University creates scholarship in memory of Botham John. Looking at the article now. This puts foundational black Americans, black immigrants and blacks in general in severe danger. It was black people who got hurt over this. A black woman lost her job, her business and was being followed around town because she recorded evidence after the murder. Jean's family, John's family thought they would get some money. A judge reversed a ruling that said the family could not move forward with a civil suit against the city. I second the first judge. This whole get some money off of black bodies is getting out of hand. It's too many parents getting in front of media cameras and soft shoeing, soft shoeing so they can get a check. I think these cities should stop payouts. This will force us to demand justice. When police kill black people in cold blood, the code should be no forgiveness, no lean sentences, none of this we need to understand and all that BS. That should be the words. My son was ambushed by a suspected white supremacist race soldier and I don't and don't ask me for forgiveness. I want stiff life sentences. That will stop all that dancing and performing. Dick Gregory said, give them something to lose. The replacement for a mercy killing bag should be the police department being sued. What I mean by this is pensions should be getting taken. The very few decent cops that do not believe in white supremacy can more, can more freely speak out against badge benders and race soldier gangs on the force. Biden could have made this happen. Do you remember as children when one of us did something bad on the basketball team? What did the coach do? He made everyone suffer. Take a few dozen pensions from the chiefs, unions, and the lieutenants and see what happens. It is going to be some Karens walking down to Ramsey and Hennepin County with divorce papers and alimonies going on. This will shape up these race soldiers real quick. Little Billy or Sarah now has to ask, Daddy, do you hate Negroes more than you love us? What about the house? What about Disneyland, Xbox, tennis practice, college? Did you have to shoot that black guy and lose the effing house? 
This is the conversation we want to have in the race soldier home. We need their children to ask, why did you lose a house and why did you abandon your wealth? Save forgiveness talk for church and off camera. I warn and appeal to older black people who talk to the news. Do not ever say anything about forgiveness to the white media. Your response to the news should be either one of the two words, life sentence or death penalty. This will send a powerful message to the media. It won't stop the killings, but it does enforce a code of conduct. Now they can go home and pray and show up to Sunday school later, but damn it, we need a code. Letting these race soldiers off the hook won't work. The white supreme media has recently been finding black folks to speak to about lessening the punishment. They do not ask them what the punishment for the killer should be. Now, every few weekends, there's shootings in Chicago. They use Chicago as a Negro proxy to say, hey, these Negroes are shooting each other. We need gun control. Here's the fact. Black people in Chicago are not running around shooting people with AR-15s. We all know that in Chicago and in Minneapolis, many of the shootings are done with fully automatic weapons. Where did they get the weapons? And why are they not shooting five to 10 people at a time? We do not need even more gun control. We need sweeping and vicious enforcement of domestic terror laws against white supremacists that are already here. That would send a message to the next Rittenhouse. In the Sambo mind, they don't think a Rittenhouse will do anything to them. They believe they are safe. This is why you hear an astonishing wave of coverage for the Rico cases for ATL rappers. These were highly paid black men alleged to have committed crimes and the state brought overwhelming police resources for them, but they did not place the same resources on Armand Arbery's lynchers. They did not bring about a Rico for the XDA and everyone else involved. Now you may wonder why I'm even mentioning this when it comes to technology, because they use all the tools and evil technology to push this. This is accurate and reverent, relevant. The California gang enhancements and injunctions are remnants in a 94 crime bill from that of the plantation. Blacks cannot gather in groups. The 94 crime bill did not prosecute race soldiers in large numbers. Why? It's very interesting how many of these documentaries mention injustice and mass incarceration of black folks, but they never mention who helped architect it. Even the Netflix film, The 13th, did not hold Jim Crow Joe and the congressional black caulker talkers to account. For the idiots that think the crime bill did not affect anybody, the ACLU stated, quote, it's true that the federal government has limited jurisdiction over mass incarceration and that incarceration rates were already high by 94. But it's also true that following the passage of the federal crime bill, incarceration rates continued to climb up for an additional 14 years. The federal crime bill, now listen to this real quick. The federal crime bill did not trigger mass incarceration, but it certainly encouraged mass incarceration to grow even further. I'm going to say that one more time. Listen how the ACLU worded this. The federal crime bill did not trigger mass incarceration, but it certainly encouraged mass incarceration to grow even further. So yeah, it's basically saying, well, we're not going to take all the blame for it. We didn't start mass incarceration, but we sure as hell made it happen even more. The 94 crime bill was the largest crime bill in the history of the United States. It was meant to make a statement and it did in at least two ways. First, the 94 crime bill gave the federal stamp of approvals for states to pass even more tough on crime laws. 
1994, all states had passed at least one mandatory minimum law, but the 1994 crime bill encouraged even more punitive laws and harsher practices on the ground, including by prosecutors and police to lock up more people and for longer periods of time. They talk about black folks there. Second, the 1994 crime bill shaped Democratic Party politics for years to come. Under the leadership of Bill Clinton, Democrats wanted to wrest control of crime issues from Republicans. So the two parties began a bidding war to increase penalties for crime trying to outdo one another. Bet y'all didn't know about that. The 94 crime bill was a key part of the Democratic strategy to show that they can be tougher on crime than Republicans. While Republicans continued their Willie Horton style fear mongering that pushed for more punitive policies in the states, the official 1996 Democratic Party platform, which was meant to provide a vision for the Democratic Party nationwide, relied heavily on the 94 crime bill law to display their tough on crime credentials. An entire section in the platform is dedicated to tough punishment taking pride in the fact that the democratic party passed tougher law sentences and provided more federal funding for prisons in the state. Listen to the words trigger and encourage. If I triggered you to do something, did I encourage you? Is that weasel word comparison? Remember as Mr. Fuller taught us, they take both sides of the argument. So if the law incentivized and encouraged harsher practices on the ground, who was it harsh for? And why were the Democrats bragging about how tough they were on crime in 1996? So both arms of racism, white supremacy fought just like the civil war to take control of the boat. So the feds gave a bag to the states and saxophone bill, crooked super predator Hillary and massive Jim Crow Joe helped manifest and bring one of the worst attacks on blacks since the 1900s to life. It would take Trump to be elected another five to 10 times to affect us the same way that those 1986 to 1994 crime bills caused on blacks. You cannot name one congressional black con person to state that case. They would tell you a border wall that is not finished. The central park five Trump, not renting to blacks and some mean words are equal to millions of black people in jail away from their children, getting more time for the same crime. Karen and Bob would commit the 94 crime bill set a precedent for blacks to be harmed and murdered by race soldiers to compare. That is insane. How many black men and women were charged with crimes they did not commit under those crime bills. It should not take a black person from the state of Minnesota to outline these facts. The black caucus has been worthless in that respect. They have done nothing specifically to repair this damage to black folks on their website. They don't even mention reparations. They don't mention an anti-black racism crime bill. This is not only cowardly, but treacherous and shameful. Retraining of police is mentioned. And we all know you cannot train a white supremacist. I already covered what Mike German said about infiltration in the police department. They mentioned the Trump administration twice and not once what the Biden administration has done to undermine blacks. It's very sad because as a child, I looked up to these folks to find out they are vipers in a snake pit. There was a reason why as a kid, when I wrote about demanding my 40 acres and a mule that the teacher will not accept that paper. The day that group crumbles will be a better day for black children. Maxine waters will be the only one I give some credit to and the brother that helped in the Levine and Johnson case. Now, if you look on their website, it says engaging communities in constructive dialogue. 
informing citizens of how they impacted by actions and inactions in Congress and the Trump administration and mobilizing the next generation of black leaders, preserving programs that support minority business like the community development block grant program and the minority business development agency. They have this crap on the front page. How have they mobilized the next generation by prioritizing illegal immigrants over us? What anti-black crime bill have they vehemently pushed? Have they informed citizens about the 94 crime bill? The marginalized community part, that sounds like people of color talk. They mention another stealth word, disadvantaged businesses. Minority business is another weasel word. They just couldn't say black. Minority was mentioned four times and the black was mentioned four times on the agenda. So they mentioned minority four times and they used the word black four times on the agenda. That's a problem. They should not be spending any work working with any other people until they get us straight. If they say they are representing us, then they should be black first, then everyone else. They will not get my respect until that is done. Our commander in chief Joe Biden said that words matter. So if words matter, then we should be using specific words. Now let's look at the difference between the congressional Hispanic caucus. They get straight to the point and don't mention minorities one damn time. Quote, the congressional Hispanic caucus was founded in December, 1976 as a legislative service organization of the United States house of representatives today. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus is organized as a congressional member organization governed by the rules of the U.S. House of Representatives. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus addresses national and international issues and crafts policies that impact the Hispanic community. The function of the caucus is to serve as a forum for the Hispanic members of Congress to coalesce around a collective legislative agenda. The caucus is dedicated to voicing and advancing through the legislative process issues affecting Hispanics in the United States, Puerto Rico, and the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. I really got to give these guys some credit. Their agenda was simple and codified. There is no mention of people of color. There is no mention of disenfranchised groups. There is no mention of black and brown. The word Hispanic was mentioned four times. No weasel words, no stealth words of cowardice, just their group and their interests. The press release, which was posted on May 31st, 2022, was specifically about Hispanics funding and their protections. These Negroes in the Black Caucus couldn't even do that. That is the stark and shameful difference. There was a difference between weasel babble and specifics. I will let you all investigate and determine if what I analyzed was not accurate or false. The same democratic policies to murder Khalif Browder and jail to Central Park 5, such as stop and frisk, are the same people shaming us to support them. If we do not support them, they will say we are GOP supporters. Mike Brown murdered in a democratic city with a democratic governor. Mr. Floyd and Philando Castile, both in liberal Minnesota. Wisconsin, their governor is a Democrat. Rittenhouse got off with no issue and Milwaukee's in terrible shape. So, according to the evidence, the left arm of racism and white supremacy is worse if not the same on the right arm. They are both in no uncertain terms, employ cyber symbols and plantation operatives to do their dirty work from the polls to the prison to the police force. 
I'm going to say one thing that Dr. Claude Anderson warned us about 20 years ago. Do not ever vote or support anyone that does not have a black agenda specifically for black people. Our ancestors did not die and get off the plantation for us to have fried chicken banquets and not get tangible benefits or reparations. Contrary to popular belief, most black people in the 1900s were killed solely because they owned land, not because of a vote. I have done extensive research of the lie that has been told about our ancestors dying because of a vote. That is a lie. They did not die because of a vote. They were murdered because they tried and they were lynched because they owned land. During the turn of the 20th century, blacks that left the plantation built their own communities and had little need for a vote, vote because they owned land. If you look at the polls, most Asians and Jewish people do not vote. They focus on economic power. Our ancestors did not die for us to trade our businesses to sit and eat with white folks. They did not escape the killing fields of the American South for us to bow, scrape, dance, and get hot sauce and fried fish parties every time it's election time. The old folks have not spoken against this enough. But then again, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'm making up all the evidence. Maybe the cyber sambos know best.